Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to the Dynamic Duel Podcast, a weekly show where we review superhero films and debate the superiority between Marvel and DC by comparing their characters in stat-based battle simulations. I'm Marvelous Joe. And I'm his twin brother, Johnny DC. And this is going to be a great episode. In this episode, we are going to learn once and for all who would win in a fight between Donna Troy, Wonder Woman's sister, and She-Hulk, the Hulk's cousin. I'm sure everyone's thought about this, like, at least (laughs) once a week, their entire lives. Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt, right? Yeah, this is like a high-in-demand episode. (laughs) It's going to be an interesting match, at the very least, we're pitting these characters against each other, because not only do they share a similar power set, they also have that familial status within their respective universes. Yeah, they're related to A-listers. But before we get into the match, we're going to break down the news items from the past week, of which there is... One news item. Yeah, kind of a slow news week, but we'll be talking about the Suicide Squad set photos that leaked this past week, and we got a good look at some of the new characters that are going to be introduced in that film. As always, you can look at our segment times in our episode description. Go ahead and check out the show notes to jump ahead to whatever topic you want to listen to. We want to give a quick shout out uh, to El Diablo Money and Crispy Crumpets, who both left us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We're at 159 ratings now. As you guys know, we're trying to get to 200 ratings so that our reviews of the Marvel and DC films can be counted toward Rotten Tomatoes' official tomato meter. We don't have too much further to go. We only need like 41 more ratings. So uh, if you guys could please jump on Apple Podcasts and rate us, that would be very much appreciated. How do we get that to happen within the next few weeks here, Jonathan? Dude, if I knew the answer to that, we'd have 200 right are, now. Are we asking too nicely? No. We're probably not asking nicely enough. Well, rate us on Apple Podcasts. Jeez. We love you. That seems risky to me. It's a strategy. All right, why not? We'll see if it works. <laughs> but now that that's all done, quick to the no prize. A no prize is an award that Marvel used to give out up until the 90s to fans. Our version of the Dynamic Duel No Prize is a digital award that we post on social media that I personally draw for those who we feel gave the best answer to our question of the week. Last week's question was, after seeing the first trailer for Birds of Prey, are you more or less excited for the film? We got a few answers here. Our first honorable mention goes to John Horsley III, who said that he's more excited. He'll see the movie 
but he wishes it was a soft reboot to remove Harley Quinn's tattoos. Oh, man. Please. <laughs> I just wish all of those things were just temporary tattoos. It's yeah. like, oh, it was a joke. Yeah, they just wash off. Son of Farhumand said that he was neutral, saying that they messed up the costumes, but he hopes to see Lady Shiva in the film. Gavin Amaya said he's less excited for the movie after the trailer, saying that it brought back mixed emotions from the Suicide Squad trailer, which was also excellent, but the movie wasn't that great. Harrison Fox gets honorable mention for his answer of, who the fuck are the birds of prey? And that's paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. <laughs> he does like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn, though. Yeah. So I'm going to say he's neutral on the trailer. Yeah, that's fine. Bo Bermuda said that he's also neutral, neither less excited or more excited, though he does say that the R rating is a plus, but he doesn't think the fan base for Birds of Prey is large enough for the film to do more than break even. Which I think is why it's a Harley Quinn film and not a Birds of Prey film, essentially. Mm, yeah. Caleb Albers said he was more excited, saying that the film should be called Harley Quinn, but he went from like a 6.5 on the excitement meter to a 7. Out of 100. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Joel Seagrave said that he's less excited, I think, based on his response, saying that the gimp masks are terrible from the film and that he's more interested in the upcoming The Suicide Squad by James Gunn. Oh, man. Yeah. After these set photos. Me too. And finally, Colby Henchies gets an honorable mention saying that he was more excited and that the cast looks interesting in full gear. But the winner of this week's No Prize goes to Thomas Moore of Twitter, who said that the trailer got him more excited because it wasn't bad, and he's really excited about Chad Stahelski's action scenes that he's going to direct. As am I. That was the thing that kind of piqued my interest from that trailer was how kinetic and hardcore the action looked. Now, Chad Stahelski is the director of the John Wick films, so you know that the action is just going to be awesome. So great answer. I knew Jonathan was going to pick a winner among the more excited candidates. <laughs> I personally am more excited for the film after the trailer. Yeah, for sure. So congrats again to Thomas Moore for winning this week's No Prize. If you, the listener, want to win your own No Prize, go ahead and stay tuned to the rest of this episode when we will be asking another question of the week. With that out of the way, on to the news. So on Friday, JustJared.com, who seems to get like all of the behind the scenes set photos from all of these superhero Yeah, films. they got to look out for that Jared. It's crazy. Who is this Jared guy? He's, <laughs> he's like invisible. <laughs> uh, they released leaked photos of the Suicide Squad characters on set. And they look a lot more colorful and just hilarious than the slightly more like gangster grunge costumes from the first film. Yeah, these look a lot more comic book accurate. As a matter of fact, one of them almost looks more like a Halloween costume. A javelin, I think that's his name. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it comes with like the pre-muscle padding and everything. It does. <laughs> so it's kind of ridiculous. He looks like a big dork. But so does Nathan Fillion as Arm Fall Off Boy, who can apparently detach his arms from his torso and swing him around, just bludgeoning people with him. Well, the rumor is that he's not going to be called Arm Fall Off Boy in the film. They're renaming him as the Detachable Kid for some reason. <laughs> but I'm not 100% convinced that's who he is. Really? But that's what some news outlets are saying. But I think he might be Blackguard. But Blackguard is who Pete Davidson is playing, I thought. Now, I'm convinced, personally, that Pete Davidson is playing Savant. No, because that's who Michael Rooker is playing. We don't allegedly. know who Michael Rooker is playing. He's not in these set photos. Yeah. We also get a look at Mongal, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's definitely Mongal. That's right out of the comics. That's Mongol's daughter? 
and Mongol is a Superman villain from outer space. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Some people have actually like drawn a correlation between these characters and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like Mongal is the daughter of like this ruthless alien character who dresses in purple and gold. Okay, so you think she's supposed to correlate with Gamora? Or maybe Drax, because I guess the actress playing her is a professional wrestler. Uh-huh. We also see Sean Gunn in like a mocap suit. Of course, he did Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he did the mocap for that role. And here he's playing Weasel. He's a DC villain that dresses in a suit. Although I imagine here they're going to make him an actual like weasel human hybrid. The character that stands out the most to me, though, is actually Captain Boomerang. He has cleaned up pretty well yeah. since Suicide Squad. Yeah, his costume's yeah. a little bit cooler here. I like the boomerangs. Yeah, hopefully he uses them in this film. Right? <laughs> of all of these characters, though... I would not be surprised if Captain Boomerang was the only one who survived. Unless James Gunn decides to subvert expectations and he's the first one to go. I hope he doesn't do that. I hope Captain Boomerang survives this. So they could save him for a Flash movie? Well, that and also, like, he's a main member of the Suicide Squad, in my opinion. So Uh really, he's one of the few that aren't expendable. And of course, like, we're not seeing, like, any of the main cast members, like Harley Quinn or whoever Idris Elba is playing... You know, they're not in this photo. So some people are saying that this is probably like a scene from early on in the film where half or maybe all of these characters get killed. So Amanda Waller has to call in like her A-list team to finish the job. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Spoiler alert, maybe? Uh, Maybe. There's no way of knowing. But this does bring us to the question of the week. Of the characters we've seen in the set photos... Which character do you think will die first and how? Get creative. Yeah, we don't know the names of all these characters necessarily, but just do your best and go from there. Post your answer to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at dynamicduelpodcast at gmail.com. We'll pick our favorite answer and draw that person a Dynamic Duel no prize that we'll post to social media. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hand off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, but yeah, again, it's a slow news week. That's the only item we'll be discussing this episode. Let's go ahead and get into the main event where we find out who would win in a fight between Donna Troy and She-Hulk. Okay, Donna Troy versus She-Hulk. We are recording this episode now in lead up to the Wonder Woman Bloodlines review that's coming out in a few weeks. 
the movie is actually out already, but I don't think it comes out on Blu-ray for another couple of weeks, at which point we will be reviewing the yeah. animated film. Yeah. And of course, Donna Troy is a member of the Teen Titans and will be a part of our 150th episode where we pit the X-Men versus the Teen Titans. Right. So this is in lead up to both of those things. Also, She-Hulk has a show coming out on Disney Plus in a couple of years. So that kind of ramped up interest in her. And we think that she's a great character to face off against Donna Troy. Now, I have to admit, I have not been looking forward to doing an episode with Donna Troy since we started this podcast. Like, this is why my worst fear come true. Uh huh. Of all of the DC characters in DC Comics, she probably has the most convoluted backstory ever. Really? Yes. It gets so ridiculous. I did the best I could with her backstory, but we'll see if people can make heads or tails of it. Yeah, we'll go through all of that when we go into the histories of the characters. Before we do that... The way we figure out who would win in a fight between these two characters, if you haven't listened to this show before, is through stat-based simulations. What we do is we take the character's stats among a variety of categories that we think are important in battle, mainly determined by the Marvel Power Rankings grid. From which we extrapolate the DC stats from that criteria. So we take those values and we run them through what's called a Monte Carlo simulation 1,000 times. Now what the Monte Carlo simulation does is it randomizes those numbers along a normal distribution, which is a bell curve, and that represents all of the variables that take place in battle. So if a character is especially strong in one instance or especially fast in another, the Monte Carlo simulation accounts for that. Running these simulations gives us a percentage of wins for each character. Now, it doesn't say that any character will always win in a fight against the other. No character ever wins 100% of the matches. But it does tell us basically the odds of one character beating the other. And the character that has the higher percentage of wins, we declare to be the ultimate victor. Right. And we take this approach because Joseph and I are both very biased when it comes to Marvel and DC Comics. And we were inspired by the old Spike TV show called Deadliest Warrior, which they used the same Monte Carlo simulation to find out who would win between like a Spartan and a ninja. Yeah, Monte Carlo simulations are used in a variety of applications, such as like video game AI and business risk analysis. So we feel like it's fairly accurate. We think it's a good approach to finally settling these questions of who would win. A good objective scientific mathematical approach. Yeah, so we don't consider fan votes. We don't consider, you know, uncharacteristic feats of strength. We go with their general base stats. And yeah, that's it. So let's go ahead and get into the histories and abilities of each of these characters. I think you go first with Donna Troy. Let's see how complicated this gets. All right. Okay, so as you'd know, if you listen to our Wonder Woman versus Thor episode, Wonder Woman grew up as Princess Diana on the hidden paradise island of Themyscira, where she was raised by Amazon women. Since Diana was the sole child on the island, the Amazonian sorceress Megala thought Diana should have a playmate to occupy her time, so she created another child from a portion of Diana's soul and her mirror reflection, a Mm. child named Donna. Huh, good so far. All right, all right. (laughs) Mistaking Donna for Princess Diana, Donna was abducted by Dark Angel, who mistook her for Princess Diana. Dark Angel was an enemy of the Amazonian Queen Hippolyta. Using her power, Dark Angel cursed Donna to experience an endless cycle of tragic lifetimes, assuming that would drive Queen Hippolyta insane. But instead, Donna became stronger and more formidable through each lifetime. In one of these lives, Donna was an orphan living in the city who was rescued from an apartment building fire by Wonder Woman, who then took Donna to Themyscira where she was raised and granted magical powers. 
Donna became Wonder Girl, Wonder Woman's sidekick, and a founding member of the Teen Titans. During the Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline, DC's heroes from across the multiverse fought to stop a powerful antimatter being known as the Anti-Monitor from destroying all realities, which were overseen by the positive matter being the Monitor. With the defeat of the Anti-Monitor, the DC multiverse was merged into one new universe, and its continuity was rebooted. Since in this new continuity, Wonder Woman was introduced to Man's World for the first time in the 80s, she wasn't there to rescue Donna from the fire as a child. So in the new timeline, Donna was rescued from the fire by Rhea, one of the Greek titans of myth, who brought her to New Cronus, a moon of the planet Minosis. Okay, this is getting weird now. Yes, yes. <laughs> Donna was raised alongside 11 other orphan children from across the universe, all of whom were known as the Titan Seeds, and raised to be the future successors to the Titans of Myth. Each of the Titan Seeds were imbued with godly power and named after a Greek city that formerly worshipped the Titans. Donna was given the surname of Troy, and at age 13, the memories of New Cronus and her destiny as a Titan of Myth were erased from her memory, along with the other Titan Seeds. Each of the seeds were returned to their home planet until the time came for them to replace the Titans of Myth. Hmm. Retaining her powers, Donna Troy became Wonder Woman's sidekick Wonder Girl for the first time. Again. again. <laughs> and was, again, one of the founding members of the Teen Titans, whose team name was thought up from Donna's subconscious residual memory. Interesting. After serving on the Teen Titans for years, Donna was attacked by a fellow Titan seed named Sparta who had somehow regained her memories of New Cronus and was driven insane. Sparta traveled the universe, killing the other Titan Seeds and absorbing their power with the ultimate goal of destroying the Titans of Myth. Donna was able to defeat Sparta with the help of Athens, who was the only other surviving Titan Seed, after which Donna changed her superhero name from Wonder Girl to Troia, accepting her role as a future Titan of Myth. Having grown into an adult, Donna married a college professor named Terry Long, and she became pregnant. Soon after, she was attacked by the Teen Titans, which was a future analog to the Teen Titans of the present timeline. Uh. The Team Titans traveled back in time to prevent the birth of Donna's son, Robert, who they warned would realize his full god potential as an infant, age himself into adulthood, and become the evil dictator Lord Chaos of the future. To prevent this, Donna willingly gave up her powers, returning them to the Titans of Myth, and her son Robert was born as a mortal baby boy. Hmm. Donna tried to request her powers back from the Titans of Myth after Robert's birth, but she was rejected. This led to her joining the ranks of the Dark Stars, an intergalactic police force similar to the Green Lantern Corps who wore super suits instead of cosmic rings. As Darkstar, Donna had the powers to rejoin the Teen Titans, though her husband Terry wasn't happy with her superhero lifestyle and the danger that came with it. Terry divorced Donna and gained sole custody of their son Robert. Well, that seems very irresponsible of Donna. Yeah, yeah. Donna dated the Green Lantern Kyle Rayner for a time before Terry and her son were killed in a car accident. 
Oy. The tragedy devastated Donna and brought the return of Dark Angel along with the tragic memories of all of Donna's prior lives. In Donna's grief, Dark Angel reset her life once again, erasing all memories of her existence from the world, save for those of Queen Hippolyta and Donna's Teen Titans teammate, Wally West, who you can learn more about in our Flash vs. Speedball episode. With the help of Wonder Woman, Hippolyta and Wally were able to defeat Dark Angel and bring Donna back. Learning that Donna had a portion of Wonder Woman's soul, Hippolyta recognized Donna as her daughter and decreed her as a royal princess of the Mascara. Donna was eventually killed in an elaborate scheme by a future version of the Superman villain Brainiac, but her resurrecting soul was collected by the Titans of Myth who implanted her with false memories to believe she was Troia, the goddess of the moon. They recognized that she was the Titan's seed of prophecy, their savior, who would lead them into a new universe to escape the destruction of the current one in the upcoming Infinite Crisis. Donna learned that before the Crisis on Infinite Earths event, one of her multiversal selves was rescued from an apartment fire by the Anti-Monitor, who raised her to be his assistant. Hmm. This version of her became Dark Angel, and she rebelled against the Anti-Monitor. Wait, what? She managed to escape the merging of the multiverse Donnas during the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and in an effort to remain an individual, she kept Donna Troy from merging by making her relive all of her lives in the multiverse. Okay, let me get this straight. So Dark Angel is actually an alternate version of Donna Troy. Yes who in an attempt to avoid being merged after Crisis on Infinite Earths, kidnapped Donna Troy so that she could remain an individual and not get merged. Oh, I think that makes sense. Yes. To punish the Titans of Myth for starting wars in an effort to harness power from worship and fear, Donna used her connection to all realities to banish the Titans to Tartarus through a multiversal nexus that the Titans of Myth had discovered. So Donna recruited and led a legion of heroes to investigate and repair an interdimensional tear in the fabric of reality, through which the villain Alexander Luther tried to bring back the infinite multiverse in the Infinite Crisis storyline. Luther was successful, though he was only able to bring back 52 universes. Donna, along with the Green Lantern Kyle Rayner, Red Hood, and the Adam Ryan Choi, you can learn more about in our Adam vs. Ant-Man episode, went on an adventure through the 52 new universes as a team of sorts known as the Challengers from Beyond. Now, these 52 new universes should not be confused with the new 52 event that happened after Flashpoint, which reset DC's continuity once again. Uh-huh. In the new 52 continuity, it was revealed that Wonder Woman wasn't an Amazon made from clay and given life by the Greek gods, but she was the demigod daughter of Zeus. After her mother Hippolyta was turned to stone by Hera, Wonder Woman became the Amazon queen. Now, some of the Amazons were disgusted by the fact that their new queen had the taint of man. So their sorceress, Dorino, sculpted a new queen for the Amazons from the clay remains of Hippolyta and gave it life. That was Donna Troy, the perfect Amazonian woman and weapon against Wonder Woman. Donna was unable to overthrow Wonder Woman, however, and came to realize while bound with the Lasso of Truth that she was created to embody hate. 
Donna left the mascara afterward to find a new purpose in life, at which time she joined a new Titans team. So there have been many versions of Donna Troy, but power-wise, common among them is the superhuman strength and enhanced speed, reflexes, and durability of an Amazon, as well as the bestowed gifts of Flight and her silver bracelets. How did she get the silver bracelets too, in addition to Wonder Woman? All Amazons have the silver bracelets. Oh. They're known as the Bracelets of Submission. I remember that. Okay. She's also an Amazon-trained combatant, formidable with or without weaponry. On occasion, she's had a lasso, sometimes gold like Wonder Woman's, sometimes silver. And more recently, she's been equipped with a sword and shield like Wonder Woman. Most of the time, she didn't carry anything, and I don't think she needs to for this battle. Okay, so she commonly doesn't have any sort of weaponry. It's a mixed bag. Uh-huh. Sometimes she has the sword and shield more recently and not the lasso. In the past, sometimes she's had the lasso, but also in the past, she's had a Dark Star uniform. Okay. You know, there's a lot of versions of her. Okay. Yeah, I'm totally fine if you don't want to give her weapons, man. She-Hulk doesn't carry weapons. Yeah, I don't think she needs them to win this match. I, th I think she's good on oh, her own. Oh, that's your mistake, my friend. Because She-Hulk is the best. Let's get into her backstory. Jennifer Walters has always been the less serious version of the Hulk archetype. Bruce Banner is cool and all, but his stories are always more full of angst and tragedy and paranoia. Whereas She-Hulk is what you get when you take that same power set and give it to someone who relishes in the power, who seems to benefit from it in her personal life and has fun with it. Granted, the fact that she got to retain her own mind while in Hulk form, unlike Bruce, was a big part of the appeal, but she's incredibly strong, She's super smart, super accomplished, she's funny, she's got it all. Jennifer Walters was born and raised in Los Angeles to LA Sheriff Morris Walters and Elaine Banner, who was the aunt of Bruce Banner, who would later become the Hulk. And you can learn more about the Hulk in our Doomsday vs. Hulk duel episode. Bruce was five years older than Jennifer, but the two were close. To escape his father's abuse, Bruce would often visit Jennifer as children, and they developed a kind of brother and sister bond, often spending time reading books to each other in the library. As the two grew older, however, they grew apart and became successful in their own careers, Bruce as a nuclear physicist and Jennifer as a lawyer. She completed her undergrad at UCLA and earned her master's at Harvard Law, where she was a top scholar. She moved back to LA where she defended a mobster in court who was testifying against a crime boss named Nicholas Trask. In retaliation, Trask shot and fatally wounded Jennifer on the same day Bruce happened to be visiting her. Bruce rescued her from the attackers and broke into a doctor's office to hide and treat Jennifer. Realizing she was going to die from blood loss, Bruce performed a blood transfusion to save her life, giving her his own blood because there were no donors of their blood type available. He then carried her to a hospital where a misunderstanding over who caused Jennifer's injuries led to Bruce having to flee the police as the Hulk. When Trask's men came to finish Jennifer off at the hospital, she transformed into She-Hulk. Bruce's gamma-irradiated blood turned her skin green and increased her strength and mass, and she just annihilated the mobsters. Initially, her transformation was brought on by anger, like her cousin. But eventually, she learned how to change back and forth at will, and she would retain her own mind through the change. This was revealed to be because she never suffered as much psychological trauma as Bruce did as a child, and therefore had better control over her emotional and mental state. After time, she decided to just stay in her green form permanently, seeing no reason to change back. Hmm. Her more stable mental state made her a better fit for the Avengers, which she joined after quitting her law practice. I thought she was unable to change back. That's interesting. 
For a short time, she did think that she was unable to change back, but that later proved false. It was her own psychological block. Oh, cool. Jennifer helped fight against the forces of evil in the first Secret War event, afterward taking the Thing's place on the Fantastic Four team when he stayed behind on Battleworld. When the Thing returned to the Fantastic Four, Jennifer left and rejoined the Avengers, but as a reserve member. She would remain on call for serious emergencies while working on the New York District Attorney's Law Staff, a capacity that teamed her up with Luke Cage and Iron Fist in the Heroes for Hire. But her time juggled between the Avengers and the District Attorney's Office led to her termination from the department. Fortunately, she was quickly hired by Goodman, Lieber, Kutzberg, and Holloway as a lawyer in their superhuman law division. They accommodated her time more flexibly as she worked there while also fighting alongside the Avengers. The Avengers disbanded, however, when the Scarlet Witch went insane due to manipulations by Doctor Doom. She caused Jennifer to lose control of her rage, and She-Hulk ripped Vision in half and nearly killed Captain America. Shocked at what she had done, Jennifer decided to abandon her She-Hulk transformation for a time and focus on her legal job in her regular human form. She helped Spider-Man win a settlement against the Daily Bugle for defamation, and defended Star Fox in a sexual harassment case. What? Do you know who Star Fox is? Yeah, yeah. It's Thanos', Thanos brother. brother. Yeah. yeah. He can manipulate emotions. Yeah. Jennifer sided with Iron Man during the Superhuman Civil War event and signed the Superhuman Registration Act, though she offered legal counsel to heroes on both sides of the battle. She also defended Speedball during this time, who many blamed for the incident that led to the Accords, which you can learn more about in our recent Flash vs. Speedball episode. She later learned that her cousin Bruce had been shot out into space, and it pissed her off. She transformed back into She-Hulk to angrily attack Iron Man, and when Hulk returned to Earth after the events of Planet Hulk, Jennifer tried to reason with him, but to no avail. The two ended up fighting, and the Hulk defeated her and held her with his other superhero captives until the World War Hulk debacle was over. She then began working as a bounty hunter, tracking down supervillains who would miss their court dates. Although later she started her own firm and hired her friend Hellcat, whom you can learn more about in our Catwoman vs. Hellcat episode, as her assistant. During the events of the second Secret War, Jennifer helped create an all-female team of Avengers alongside Captain Marvel, Dazzler, Medusa, Miss America, and Nico Minoru from the Runaways. During the second superhero Civil War, in which Earth's heroes divided themselves over the issue of using precognition to arrest villains, She-Hulk went into a coma during a battle with War Machine. She woke up learning that her cousin, Bruce Banner, had died, and developed PTSD from the incident, and became a grey She-Hulk, savage, angry, and out of control, like Bruce. Through therapy, self-help books, and medication, Jennifer treated her mental state and went back to being green. And that's her history. Now, She-Hulk has all the powers of Bruce Banner the Hulk. She's incredibly strong, able to lift well over 100 tons. She can accelerate to running speeds approaching 60 miles per hour and can leap close to 1,000 miles in a single jump. Oh, she can't fly? Okay, cool. She's extremely durable. Her skin can reject most physical weapons. However, if she is injured, she has a powerful healing factor to repair most wounds. She can generate concussive shockwaves by clapping her hands hard or generate tremors by slamming the ground. The one power she doesn't have that Bruce has is the ability to increase her strength through rage. But she is a better trained fighter, with training from Captain America and Gamora. Lastly, she's highly intelligent and is one of the best legal minds in the Marvel Universe. But has she lived through thousands of lifetimes? Um, all I heard you explain was like four lifetimes at most. No, Donna Troy has lived through thousands, and she remembers them now. 
I mean, there were lifetimes that were spent through the Dark Ages, man. What kind of advantage does that give her? I guess we'll find out. All right. So now that we've gone over the histories and abilities of each character, what Jonathan and I like to do before running the simulations is speculate on how we think a battle between these two characters would actually play out. We don't say any rules for the speculation other than the fact that the characters don't know anything about each other except that the other character is a threat that they need to put down. Yeah, the characters start off about 50 meters apart from each other in a battlefield that has no bearing on the match itself. Because we don't take stats for the environment and certain characters have advantages in certain locations over others, so we just say that the environment has no bearing on the match. Right, the characters have to win on their own merit, not because of some outside help or advantage. Right. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Donna Troy versus She-Hulk, who goes first? So Donna Troy is faster than She-Hulk. She can move a lot faster than, what was it, 60 miles per hour? Yes. She can move at supersonic speeds. Okay. So we'll say that Donna Troy starts by flying towards her at high speed, just tackling her. Into the ground or where? Where does she tackle her? Up into the sky where she has an advantage. I mean, she doesn't know she has an advantage, but whatever. Okay, so Donna lifts She-Hulk into the air, at which point She-Hulk uses her grappling skills to pry Donna's arms off from around her and stretch them out and just spartan kick Donna Troy right in the chest, sending Troy flying backwards, at which point She-Hulk lands back onto the ground. She can land from, from tremendous heights without injury. She does it all the time. And once she lands, she leaps forward back up into the air toward Troya to press the attack. Okay, so Donna's on the ground. She sees She-Hulk leaping for the attack. Okay, so right when She-Hulk gets close enough, Donna banks her bracelets together, and that creates a shockwave that kind of stalls She-Hulk, like, in midair right in front of her, okay? <laughs> okay. Oh, so the force of the shockwave kind of prevents She-Hulk's forward momentum. Exactly. All right. At which point, Donna Troy does a Shoryuken uppercut right to She-Hulk's jaw, sending her flying into the stratosphere. Dang! Now that was a pretty good combo move. Yeah. Okay, so She-Hulk is just, like, flying upward into the air, I guess. There's not really much she can do at this point, but, you know, just flail as she's going <laughs> up and then starts falling back down towards the ground. That's right, but you know what Donna can do? What? She can fly up after her. Okay. So Donna flies up after She-Hulk, grabs her by the leg, then, like, spins around a few times and throws her back down to the ground real hard. All right, so that was a pretty good move. It was a powerful move, so She-Hulk's pretty hurt. She's, like, in this big crater in the ground, I'm assuming, in whatever type of ground she managed to, to fall into, but it left these huge cracks in the earth, right? Right. So she picks up a huge mass of it, holds it above her head, and as Donna Troy is flying toward her, She-Hulk just hurls that thing as fast as, like, a bullet, and it just slams right into Donna Troy. Okay, but Donna Troy can move fast enough where she can react to the boulder flying at her. She catches it, and then she just throws it back down at She-Hulk. Okay, so She-Hulk sees the boulder being thrown back at her, and what she does is she slams her hands together, creating a shockwave that just kind of like shatters the boulder apart hmm. and into a bunch of tiny little pebbles that just go flying back at Donna Troy like a bunch of tiny little bullets. Which, which Donna will block with her bracelets. Yes, but in one smooth motion, after clapping, She-Hulk leaps toward Donna Troy as she's busy blocking, grabs her midair, flips her upside down, and does like a pile driver type move <laughs> straight into the ground. Well, like Zangief from Street Fighter? Yeah, she like wraps her legs around her and like spins as they slam back into the earth. <laughs> Dang. Okay, so Donna's probably like smushed into a crater in the ground right now. Yeah, another big crater. All right, so I'm assuming She-Hulk is still close by though? Yes. Okay, so Donna Troy gets up, flies towards She-Hulk really fast, 
just slams her down and just flies around dragging She-Hulk into the ground. Ow. Wow, yeah, this battle is really tearing up the terrain that they're fighting in, huh? Yeah, we're not supposed to assume environment, but I think it's safe to say they're not fighting like underwater or in space or something like that. Right. All right, so She-Hulk is being like drug along the ground, but She-Hulk like plunges both fists into the ground, punching the ground really hard, which kind of hits the brakes on Donna Troy's move, causing Donna to go flying off of her. Okay. And She-Hulk stands up and she runs as fast as she can over to where Donna Troy has landed. And the two start like wrestling, like Greco-Roman style. Okay. She like pins her arm behind her back. And then Donna does an expert Amazonian counter wrestling move because they freaking invented wrestling uh-huh. and just trips She-Hulk down to the ground, like pinning her on her back. And then She-Hulk flips over from her back and she wraps her calves around Donna Troy's neck, like suffocating her and like squeezing. Okay, well then Donna reaches with her legs to She-Hulk's neck and starts choking her out. So it's like a double double leg choke out. Yeah, whoever faints first loses. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I don't know if Donna Troy could actually reach with her legs because She-Hulk is like 6'7". So I'm pretty sure that Donna Troy wouldn't be able to reach She-Hulk's neck with enough squeezing force. She could do it with her toes, just like pushing really hard into like She-Hulk's neck artery. Okay, well, uh, all right, I guess that does it for this match. We'll go ahead and run the simulations now and come back to you guys with the winner of this particular matchup. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. That was a pretty good matchup. These two are, are fairly well matched. I think the only difference between them was the fact that Donna Troy had those shield bracelets and she could fly. Right, and that actually gave her a pretty big speed advantage. As well as evadability, we said that Donna Troy is a little bit more evasive due to her aerial acrobatics. The one thing that She-Hulk did have in her favor was actually intelligence. Yes, yeah, we think that She-Hulk is smarter than Donna Troy. But just barely. Yeah, everything else was fairly comparable in terms of strength, in terms of how much damage they were able to inflict. Their durability is comparable. Although we did say that Donna Troy is probably a more trained fighter, having grown up with the Amazons and such. Right, right. So it's close. Let's go ahead and get into the results. Who do you think won this match? I'm pretty sure Donna Troy won this. And Twitter agrees with me. I put up polls on Twitter and Instagram to find out who the listeners thought would win this match. Uh-huh. 60% of our Twitter followers chose Donna Troy. Okay, and what about Instagram? Well, on Instagram, 56% of them chose She-Hulk. So All right. So it's a split. It's a split. All right. Well, let's hear the results. The winner between Donna Troy and She-Hulk is... Donna Troy. I knew it! Yeah. Her superior speed, fighting skill, and flying ability came into play here, and She-Hulk's intelligence was not enough to overcome it. 
So Donna Troy won 664% of the matches compared to She-Hulk only winning 33.6% nice. of the 1,000 fights. So two-thirds of the time, Donna Troy wins. Almost, yeah. Not quite as close as maybe I was hoping, but uh, yeah, no, that just sucks, actually. Not quite as close <laughs> as I was hoping. There's She-Hulk, no positive to that. She-Hulk lost to a sidekick. How do you feel about that? I feel like since Donna Troy is a sidekick, Marvel just has better characters because we have like few, if any, sidekicks. And yet She-Hulk still lost to one. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> but that is it for this episode. Go ahead and let us know what you guys thought of this Donna Troy versus She-Hulk match by reaching out to us via email at dynamicduelpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on social media on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook by searching for Dynamic Duel Podcast. If you visit dynamicduel.com, you'll find a link to our merchandise store, which has a variety of t-shirts and mugs and phone cases, all of which have our no prize art that I draw on there. And who are you drawing for this episode? She-Hulk. Sweet. Yeah, I can't wait to see how that one turns out. Because I think she's a damn cool looking character. I've always liked her look. So look forward to that, guys. Again, visit dynamicduel.com for that. In our next episode, we will be reviewing the film that came out during San Diego Comic-Con, but has recently been released on Blu-ray and DVD. It's Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. It's the two television shows scoring off against each other. We reviewed Teen Titans Go to the Movies last year, during which time they teased that this movie was going to come out, so we thought it would be appropriate to review this one. Yeah, this is a direct-to-video sequel for that film. Yeah. And in the episode after that, we'll be reviewing the DC animated film Wonder Woman Bloodlines. A lot of animated DC fare to get through. And then it's crunch time until our 150th episode, which is Titans vs. X-Men. Yeah. So look forward to that. Lots of good stuff coming your way. Don't forget to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts if you can. And also don't forget to share or subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Special thanks goes to Winter and Spees, the executive producers of this show. And I think that does it for this episode. Up, up, and away. True believers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.